Our guest today is one of the founders and owners of Bison Union. Uh, he's a cowboy, a real cowboy, which people seem to think don't exist anymore, but they do. Uh, and travels all over the country from what I've seen being a cowboy, which is kind of awesome, and rodeo and all that good stuff. And it's uh, Buster Frierson. So how are you? I'm good, man. How are y'all? We're we're doing good. We're doing good. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah, we've been we've been kind of fans of you guys and what you're doing for a long time, you know, with 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 you and Bert and Bison Union and it's it's kind of really cool with, with this podcast. We're starting to be able to talk to these people we we've been just following along with online for so long, you know what I mean? Right, right. And to sit actually sit down, we've had people in person or through Zoom or whatever. It's cool to be able to talk to some of some of you guys and kind of pick your brain on how you think about things and do things. Right. Well, it's a, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible that we'll be sitting right here in Weatherford, Texas and talking to you guys in Boise, Idaho, you know? So it's a, it's, it's crazy to me technology and what it's brought and how it's brought people together and what it, what it can, what it can do. You know, it's uh it's pretty, pretty cool. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I think it's, you know, me, me and Kevin were actually just talking about this before we started that back in the day, if you tried to embrace technology and all that, people would either make fun of you, like especially with social media and stuff. Right. And seeing like what you do on your social media, you're posting your daily work and that's, that's fucking awesome. It's, it's really, and there's people out there that I think can't live that lifestyle or have never lived that lifestyle who like to see that. And yeah, no, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it, 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 it flabbergasts me, you know, the, the messages I get and the people that I get to interact with over social media. And yeah, it's just, you know, just like you say, a lot of people make fun of it or, you know, used to for sure, you know, and now they're kind of realizing what it can do and what it can, what it can, how, how it can bring people together from different parts of the world and let them kind of see and understand what, I do for a living or what I do, you know, on a daily basis and what you guys do and what, you know, the guy in Brazil does. And it's, it's pretty incredible to realize what it can do, you know, for the good, for the good of people, you know, I mean, for the good of industries and in our industry, the cowboy agricultural ranching world, we're kind of always, we want to stay in the shadow. You know, we don't want to, we don't brag about what we do. We don't want anybody's help. We want to kind of stay in the shadows and we want to kind of do what we do and, how we do it and you know we don't ever ask much for help and i think it's i think i think social media nowadays is has brought that to the forefront where the ranching agricultural cowboy farmer whatever you want to say that's generally nobody knows about 90 percent of the people don't think we even exist in the world you know they're like oh shit they do they're they're actually guys that like work on <laughs> ranches punch cows for a living and, you know, raise beef and farm and that kind of stuff. You know, it's a whole different lifestyle than people have any idea about. Yeah. Well, like I said before, you know, people that actually work with their hands outside, just build better characters. So they don't need to do that crap. You know, the guys you see promote themselves the most in an egotistical way are, you know, a lot of gym monkeys, right? Right, um, right. They don't have that character. So they try to put on the facade that they're a man, but it's like, you haven't really earned it, you know? Um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not to be like opinionated, but you haven't earned it. You got to put work in. You got to struggle, and you have to suffer a little bit in your life to have good character. Mm. And if you don't, yeah, you, you no. got to pretend. You know, 
fully, fully, fully agree with you on that deal. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's earned, you know, I mean, respect is earned and mm-hmm. it, it's not given and you're not entitled to a damn thing. In my opinion, you know, I mean, yep. you got to earn it no matter what, no matter what industry you're in or what you're trying to do, you know, I mean, you got that respect and is, is earned. No doubt about it. I totally agree. 100%. Yeah. Well, and like me, me and Kevin, both of us have, have worked on cattle ranches in the past. We worked for the same one back in the day. <laughs> and, like you were saying, people nowadays, most most of the country doesn't know that that still exists. They just right. go, to, go to the grocery store and buy their burger or their steak and don't even know where it came from, and they could probably right. care less. Well, the cool thing yeah. about that, too, is yeah. we, we, we made, what, we made like six twenty five an hour, but we didn't if give that. a fuck because <laughs> we are like, this is awesome way of life. This is a great way to spend my late teenage years. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I, you know. <laughs> I started doing that when I was... We did it as teenagers in high school a little bit because we knew some people that worked on the ranch. And when I was 18, I started on there full time and I had no experience in ranching whatsoever. And it was a big learning experience. I made shit for money. It was, it wasn't, that's why I don't do it still today because I, what I was making then, I couldn't have raised a family on. And if, oh, no. if I could have raised my family on that, I'd still be doing That was the best job I ever had. And I learned right. so much. I learned a lot of stuff I've taken on to what I do today. But you bet it's 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 a, it's a, like he was. It's a lifestyle, as you know. If you're gonna do that job, it becomes your life because there's no there's no days off when you're a cowboy or a farmer or any of that. You know. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <clears throat> there's there's always something to do, and there, like you say, it is. It's a lifestyle, and you have to you have to be able and willing to sacrifice a lot to give up that lifestyle. You know, I think it's a uh, nothing. It, it, exact comparison but you know it's kind of like the military once you enroll in the military it's a lifestyle i mean you gotta you gotta sacrifice a lot to to be in that lifestyle and and to do that you know and so it's one of those things that you know there's some similarities i I feel like and that's kind of how come bert and i hit it off so well i think is because Mm -hmm. of the similarities between ranching agriculture being a cowboy as well as being a veteran military you know someone active duty there's, there's a lot of things that you give up to live that lifestyle, to be, you know, be a cowboy or be a, be in the military, however you want to put it. You know I mean? That there's a lot of that. That's very similar in, in, in retrospect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, that's, that's something that caught my eye a few years ago when I started following Bert was, um, cause that's kind of something I share in my personality too with him is like, he was able to get out of military being a green beret and then go learn how to work on a ranch. You know, he didn't have that ego keeping him like, no, I can't do that. Like his ego wasn't in the way of it, you know? And so that was like, that gave me a huge respect for him. Like, fuck yeah, dude. You know, you spend your whole life doing this one thing and now you can work yourself from the bottom back up again. You know, super cool. Well, and you've been trying to, Kevin was in the military as well. And I, that transition period afterwards, I don't think it's good for you to have an ego. Because you're going to have to do other shit in life. Yeah, you can't yeah. say like, right. "Oh, I was in the military, and that's going to pay the bills." Yeah, you got to find out how to do other things in life, and having an ego was going to keep you from learning things. Right. It's yeah. I, I and I was not in the military, but same thing. Following along with Bert, seeing that he met you and started working for you for pretty low wages, but he was learning. Yeah. He was new to the job, and that's that's really awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And that's one thing that kind of, you know, that developed our friendship so fast was that 
he was he was willing to do whatever. He told me, he's like, I, and, I, and I told him one day, you know, he was like, what are we going to do today? And I'm like, well, you know, and I always had a hard time telling him what to do or, you know, asking him. I didn't tell him anything. I just asked him, you know, hey, we're going to go over here and we're going to do this today or we're going to do that. And, you know, sometimes I felt like he was above what we were doing, you know, because of his experience and his past history and being a Green Beret and, I mean, doing – I mean, hell, he did things that I can't even imagine, you know, and here I am asking him to go dig post holes, you know, to build a, <laughs> help build a set of pins. And it's like, I told him, I was like, man, I feel, he's like, what are we going to, I'm like, ah, I'll go do it. And he's like, no, dude, he's like, I'll, like, I'll go clean. You tell me to go clean the shitter. I'll go clean the shitter. And you know, that means a lot that there's something said for that. There's some, that somebody where he is and his experience in life, would look at me and say, man, you tell me to go clean the shitter. I'll go clean the shitter. I just want, you know, I mean, that, that says something about his character, his personality, you know, and, and his willingness to learn new, new things. And that, mm-hmm. that means a lot, you know, I mean, I've had guys too that want to come to the ranch and work and they're like, yeah, uh, can we do something different? And I'm like, no, that's what we, it's the job we got to do and we have to do it. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, if you want to come work for me, I mean, I'm, I've been here 16 years and I'm still doing that same job, you know, I mean, I got to do it. It's got to be done. So you got to do it. You can't, you can't just walk around it and not get it done. Yeah. And you got to swallow your pride. And yeah, there's times I hate doing some of the shit that we do have <laughs> to do, you know, but it's just, it has to be done. And so you, you buckle down and you get in there and you get it done faster you can get it done the better you can get it done the less you have to do it in my opinion yeah well and i think like especially nowadays with it not being as prevalent that lifestyle people romanticize it you know especially with like tv shows like yellowstone and and you see things like that they they have this like romantic look on it and then once you really get into it it's a dirty hard fucking job and no doubt there is there is cool stuff about it i mean you're there's a lot of really cool stuff about it, but I mean, people don't think about the fact you're going to be out there fixing fence all day. That there's nothing fun about that. Not and, at all. <laughs> it's honestly, I think fixing fence is fun if you like. Like, I guess I haven't experienced this. Well, I kind of am right now with school, but if you were working somewhere where you're inside all day and you're in an office with around other dipshits, and then you get outside <laughs> and start doing something even mundane. You're like, oh my God, I'm out in the fucking sun or in the rain. I don't care, but I'm not surrounded by dipshits and I'm not in an office. <laughs> like, this is awesome. Like, you may be surrounded by dipshits, but they're like-minded dipshits, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'll take that every time. But I just think, you know, there's there's a lot of things. And that's not even just cowboy or ranching. I mean, in the construction world or even what I do in truck driving and stuff, people always just think like oh there's like all this cool stuff about these jobs and you get into it and it's a lot of hard work dude honestly <laughs> like when i i got a cdl too and i was like man like i just want to go like be like over the top like can i just go around like truck stuff and just arm wrestle motherfuckers like that's the only reason i want to do it like uh, <laughs> but it doesn't really exist <laughs> um, yeah yeah exactly so um were you I guess I, I'm I'm a little too un- unfamiliar with your past were you uh kind of were you born into this like on a ranch or yeah, I mean, I wasn't born on a ranch per se, you know, I mean, a big ranch, like, you know, there's, there's big ranches and then there's, you know, little, little places and farms and whatnot. I mean, my dad kind of grew up as a cowboy and 
rodeoed and did anything and everything he had to do to make a living to furnish for his family, you know, provide for us. And so it was, he welded, he worked in the oil field. He, he broke horses for the public. He, he rodeoed, you know, on top of that. And he, he had a few cows here and there. We had a little place right outside of a small town, Roby, Texas, and lived on a dirt road, you know, I mean, we had, 25 30 acres and we always had horses around my granddad lived down the road about two miles and he had a little bigger farm and uh, had a few more cows and you know it, it where i kind of grew up in my in my life I, everybody did anything that they could to make a living you know mm-hmm. i mean it was you just you did whatever and and so i grew up with horses in around cattle but not not really on a big ranch you know and then once i kind of got into junior high and sports and athletics and high school i kind of well of course i learned how to ride and rope when i was very young because that's that was just something that we did you know i mean i've got mom and dad have pictures of me when i'm like two years old with a picking string got the cat ropes you know and (laughs) standing there in my diapers with a hat on and it's uh it's one of them deals and i was you know participating in play days and rja rodeos and that kind of stuff by the time i was five six years old so i always knew how to ride and knew how to handle a rope my dad taught us all that when we were growing up and uh, but once i kind of got into the sports and athletics side of you know that that deal i kind of quit doing the rodeo cowboy deal and focused more on the athletics and so uh, all the way up through high school, you know, I, I would I would go help a few guys here and there if they needed some help, you know, gathering a set of cows or going and branding some calves, just here and there, once or twice a year, maybe, you know. And then I kind of got into hunting, and uh, I was I loved hunting, and so the outdoors, and I got at hunts for a little while for an outfitter, and that was three or four years of my life after I graduated high school. Went in and out of college, never never really buckled down in college i guess it just didn't fit me and mm-hmm. i knew that so i finally just said to hell with it and i i went on and just got a full-time job and i worked for lone star gas which is crazy mm-hmm. i i got it hunts and then i worked for lone star gas on a construction crew so i learned you know i got a cdl i learned how to drive a truck you know and i drove i operated equipment i was on a construction crew and so we you know we laid gas line and we fixed leaks and did things like that and so i kind of got into that that deal I, I knew how to weld my dad like i said was a welder so i knew how to weld when i was pretty damn young and i worked with him through the summers when we were out so you know i knew how to build fence and barns and weld and you know do any kind of that stuff with hand you know with your hands on and uh, physical blue collar labor you know i mean that's just kind of what i did and uh Worked there at Lone Star Gas for a little while, and I got to dating a girl up around Fort Worth, and I was driving back and forth and to Fort Worth every weekend, spending as much time on the road and up here as I could around Fort Worth with her. TXU Electric actually bought Lone Star Gas about that time, and so I applied for a lineman job in Fort Worth because it was, I was up here all the time anyways, and an application came over the computer one day and I applied for it and I got the job working as a lineman. So I moved to Fort Worth, probably 98, somewhere around in there. And I went to work for TU Electric as a lineman, learning how to climb poles and, you know, do that deal mm-hmm. and a distribution lineman for TU. And so I did that for about five, six years and just never really found what I thought I needed to do. You know I mean? I, me and that girl broke up and, 
I was making a lot of money, single guy and getting into a lot of trouble, you know, <laughs> I had all kinds of stuff I could go do and be around. And, you know, I still had that background of being around horses and being around the cowboy deal. And I don't know. I always kind of led back to that. I always kind of led back to that. That's where I wanted to go. That's where I wanted to go. So finally one day I was like, after five, five and a half years working for as a lineman, you know, making a lot more money than I ever had, having the best job that I ever had. I walked in one day and quit. And of course, everybody was shocked because I did it, you know, but I was miserable. And I knew that some, I needed to go find what I needed to make me happy. And that was, I thought, going back to the kind of the cowboy deal. And so I did, I quit, rented me a little old place on the edge of a ranch. I knew some people and they gave me a place to live. And I started kind of riding colts and starting colts and riding, trying to day work and just doing whatever I could. I had a welder and put it, you know, I bought a welder and had me a welding truck, kind of following in my dad's footsteps, doing whatever I could to make a living. And uh, always, you know, when the cowboy work quit, I could always go build fence or I could go build a barn or I could do that to make a living, you know. And so I gradually just kept hammering away, trying to get back into the ranching cowboy deal. And eventually I did. Uh, uh, I moved to East Texas for a little while with a buddy. A job came open and me and a guy went to East Texas and we worked on a yearling outfit for about a year. I worked there about a year and a half, I guess. And uh, I guess when I came back, I was more, you know, I'd been, I'd been in the cowboy deal where I wasn't building fence or I wasn't having to do side jobs that I was getting paid to be a cowboy. And so when I came back, I just went to day working and riding Colts and I was, had a pretty good circle that I made, you know, and so I just, they worked around and rode Colts and I had a set of cow dogs coming back from East Texas and a guy called me about catching a bull and, uh, so I went over and I caught the bull for him. And a few weeks later, he offered me a job to run the ranch. And I ran that ranch for 16 years. Oh, fuck. Wow. And so, you know, totally right on the edge of Fort Worth, west side of Fort Worth. And I was there for 16 years, you know, I mean, it was, and, and I quit about a year and a half ago. And I got enough cows put together on my own and leased a couple of different places. And so I've kind of doing my own deal now. I'm back to just day working and tending to my stuff, you know, and trying to, be an adult and see if I can make it on my own. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of part today. You know, I've always rodeoed and ranch rodeoed. And so that's kind of, that's kind of where we are today. You know, that's a long, fast, short version of it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's awesome to hear though. Cause you're, you're a jack of all trades. You've mm -hmm. done damn near everything you can do. And that's sometimes what it takes to be successful in the ranching world is you got to kind of know how yeah. to do a little bit of everything. I, you know, and that's, Tell young guys and they ask me, you know, and they're like, what? I said, be able to do everything, you know, from yeah. driving a tractor to working a piece, you know, somebody asked me, can you drive a dozer? I'm like, yeah, I can drive a dozer. I ain't real good at it, but I can drive a dozer. Yeah. I can drive a maintainer. I can drive a dump truck. I can weld. I can build fence. I can build a barn, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I can break colts. I can do anything. And that's kind of one thing I, I feel like that the cowboy, the agricultural, the farm kid, the rancher kid, whatever, you know, somebody that grows up in that part of the industry or that part of the world you do you are able to do anything you know i mean you can it's not like being one-sided where I, i'm not very good on a computer i mean i can work on a computer no doubt about it but it's not like being a computer what i would say computer geek or guru or whatever you want to call it i'm mm -hmm. not being derogatory on that yeah. and then handing them a pair of fencing pliers and telling them go build a fence yeah yeah that, 
they wouldn't have a freaking clue. <laughs> no, they, they wouldn't. They, why, why is there a spike on one end of this thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell are these things, you know? I mean, and so it's, I feel like if somebody calls me and says, hey, can you come do this? I'll be like, I might not know exactly how to do it or the best way to do it, mm-hmm. but I can go do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of, I took that almost the opposite way with me because I, I worked on the ranch and learned a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. I Three years I worked on the ranch. I learned how to do, you know, backing up trailers and and right. a lot of manual labor stuff. And then later on in life, jobs I've had, there's been a lot of stuff where something will come up. And I mean, as you probably know on a ranch, sometimes you're not working with much and you got to figure it out. And so I'll see like me versus some like one of my coworkers. If I we need to figure something out, I'm like, oh shit, we could do it like this because I was so used to working with nothing. <laughs> and right. it's it's kind of it's very beneficial. I, I think that's a, any manual labor job. I think someone should at least try to do a manual labor job for a year of their life or something. You know? Yeah, I mean? no doubt. I mean, it does. It, it, it's, it's kind of one of those deals where you don't specialize in anything. You just, you can do everything. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. it's one of those things that, that, that kind of what draws me to that. And that's that, that pride about, you know, I, I can go step on a three year old or two year old horse and go gather a set of cows and drag calves and, run the cows through the chute where, or I can, you know, get in a pickup and go build a mile of fence, mm-hmm. you know, or I can build a barn or I can do, I mean, I feel like I, it doesn't matter what happens to me, whatever I can go, I can go work on a road crew, you know, if I needed to run in a damn maintainer, if I needed to go work at the landfill and run a dump truck. I mean, when it comes right down to it, I feel like I can go do anything, anything yeah. and make a lift. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny too. The the ranch that we worked on, the guy that owned it, he's a prominent politician out of Idaho, but he had this like weird hatred for horses, and he owns <laughs> he owns a damn cattle ranch, and he doesn't like horses. So when we were when we were because the ranch was based just outside of Boise, and it was all machines, dirt bikes, and four wheelers. That's right. which they have their place, but right. so we we'd all be on the dirt bikes and four wheelers. And then during the summer, we'd go up north in the mountains in Idaho, take cows up there. And my boss at the time, who's one of my best friends, he knew he rode horse a little bit, but he wasn't great. But he was the one that would go up north up there with a bunch of the real cowboys. <laughs> and they'd look at, look at him on his dirt bike and be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and so he had to learn. He, he learned how to ride and he got, he got really good. He still, he still is in that world today and rides a lot. I'm yeah. talking about Ben, you know, yeah. Right. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and horse. I did a little bit of horseback, but not much because down here, the boss, he had this weird hatred for horses and he had a point. He said, you know, dirt bikes and four wheelers don't get tired. <laughs> and that's true, but there, I it think, is true. There's a lot of places dirt bikes and four wheelers can't go. That's a, a fact. Can't. And that's when my, yeah. that's when my fat ass would be on foot because yeah. I didn't have a horse. <laughs> But, the, the ultimate four-wheel drive is uh, a horse. You can go anywhere and do anything, you know, I mean, that, and that's the whole deal. And, and I don't know, a dirt bike a dirt bike can't tell you that there's a cow standing over there in the brush that you didn't see either. 100%. Bill, you know, or a, a cow or a bear or a wolf or something, you know, I mean, a horse finds it like that. And you're yeah. like, what? If you pay attention, you're like, what are you looking at? Oh, there's a cow down there. Okay, I got you. <laughs> yep. I didn't yeah. see that. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Dirt bike and four wheeler, they don't really have that sense, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, shoot. So 
I guess, how did, can you kind of walk us through, I mean, I know you and Bert met, became buddies and stuff. How did the conception of Bison Union come into, come into view? <laughs> it's funny that, you know, of course I get asked that question a lot, but one afternoon, I don't even really know one afternoon what reason or what behind it was, but, um, every afternoon when we got done with work, I, my branch pickup would be parked outside the barn and we'd kind of walk out of the barn door and I'd tell Bert, you know, Hey, in the morning, be here at such and such time and we're going to go and do this. And, uh, so we were doing that one afternoon and he said, uh, Hey, I got a, something I want to throw at you. And I'm like, all right, what is it? And he's like, I want to start a company. And I was like, all right, cool. What kind of company you want to start? And he was like, I think man, t-shirts, I want to start a t-shirt company. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, everybody likes a cool T-shirt. You know, it's got a cool logo and brand on it or, you know, and it's comfortable and fits well. And so I was like, that's cool. I don't know shit about a T-shirt, you know. I mean, other than you put it on, you buy it and put it on and wouldn't have an idea about getting one made. Or Anyway, so we visited about it. And he said, I think I got a cool logo and a brand that I've been thinking about. And I want to see what you think about it. And so he actually drew it on the bed of my pickup on the flatbed in the dirt and drew the flag out, you know, very, very rude, but it was drawn out there. Mm -hmm. And then he said, I think I want to put a Buffalo. What do you think about a Buffalo in it? I think the Buffalo is the most iconic American animal that there is. And I'm like, yeah, I had to agree with you. You know I mean? That's cool. So we kind of had the base of that right there, just the American flag with the Buffalo in it. And we actually started it as peacemaker trading company. I I remember that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that was the name we came up with because it kind of encompassed it kind of encompassed the cowboy peacemaker coat peacemaker, but it also encompassed the military. You know, as a peacemaker, that's and protect what you love was one of his things that he wanted to use as a slogan, and that was kind of the same. You know, everything kind of tied together. The ranching and the military world at the time, he and I, you know, it was kind of tying every he and I together, and uh, so. I was, you know, it started, like I say, as Peacemaker Trading. We made one, we made one t-shirt as Peacemaker Trading. It was our main logo brand t-shirt. And it had a, of course, it had a Colt Peacemaker on the front across mm-hmm. it like this. And it had a buffalo engraved in the pistol handle on the t-shirt. And then on the back, it had an American flag with the, you know, the Boston Union flag. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sleeve said, protect what you love. And anyways, it, uh, all it just said, Peacemaker Trading. And, it was a cool t-shirt. We made one of them. We made 200 of those t-shirts and uh, we bird already had a pretty good following on social media, Facebook and Instagram was kind of kicking off big right then. And he was on Instagram and kind of just started his Instagram page. And, but Facebook, he, he had quite a few followers on Facebook and the, uh, he got to kind of teasing it around saying that we started this company and, so anyways, like I said, uh, kind of get back to the t-shirt deal. We made 200 of those t-shirts and uh, of course they cost us way too much, you know, but, and Bert kind of got to teasing them on his Facebook and social media platforms and just telling everybody they had to pay attention that they were limited edition runs. And once we started, that's how we were going to do it. You know I mean? We we're going to make a t-shirt and then it would have say 200 of them. And once they sold out, we wouldn't make that t-shirt again. So everybody was kind of on one, you know, and we teased it around there for a couple of weeks and, one morning, I get three o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday morning, he dropped them for sale. And, you know, he kind of been precursoring it and telling everybody that we're going to do it this week, this week. So everybody was paying attention. And those 200 t-shirts sold in like 28, 30 minutes, something like that. I mean, wow. yeah, there you go. 
backyard back again. And so they sold just like snap your fingers. They were gone. And he showed up at work the next morning. And I said, how'd they go? And he's like, dude, they sold in like 30 minutes. And I'm like, all of them? He said, yeah. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Of course, it blew my dress off, you know. And I was like, <laughs> I, I can't imagine that. What? You know, and so he was. I said, hell, let's make another one. So we made a following up T-shirt for it and uh, made 300 of those. And the same thing, we dro- he dropped them for sale, and they sold like a little faster, 26, 27 minutes. They all sold. And uh, I was like, man, we, we might be on to something here. And it just kind of evolved, you know what I mean? We made a few more T-shirts, and then we got into the stickers and the caps and very basic, you know what I mean? Very rude, 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 kind of how we were doing everything. But it was what we knew how to do, and it was just something we were digging and learning and trying to figure out, you know, where the best place to get a T-shirt made and a ball cap made and what caps. And, you know, it's all – we're both trying to learn at the same time. And Bert's really good at kind of branding and marketing and coming up with new slogans and catchy little deals here and there. And he's, you know, he's very smart on that kind of end of it. And we were tying the ranch world and the military world back together, you know, and it was, it was kind of one of those deals where – it just seemed to really fit and everybody wanted to be a part of it, you know? And so it's just evolved from there. And then black rifle and Evan and Matt and all those guys were kind of, they were friends with Bert and they kind of got to watch him what we, what he was doing, what we were doing. And they invited him to come to Utah and work for them for a little bit. And so he did. And we kind of kept rolling and they said that hey, we will help you kind of get through the small business, you know, the, the bruises and the aches and bruises that it's going to, you're going to get beat up with. And so they kind of helped us along right there off the bat. And then we kind of got into the coffee deal because of them. And it's just, it's crazy. If you'd asked me six, seven years ago, six years ago, I guess almost seven now, but if you'd asked me six and a half, seven years ago, that I'd be a part owner in a coffee company, apparel company, I'd have bet you a million dollars that I did not have. That you <laughs> was wrong. Yeah. And, you know, it's crazy. It, it really made me realize how valuable meeting somebody and really trying to figure out who they are and what they are and, you know, not necessarily where they can take you, but what, what you can do together with somebody, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, just by meeting somebody. And I, and I met so many people because of Bert coming to work for me. He, he changed my life. And I, and I think he'll tell you the same about I changed his life, you know, I mean, for the better, both parts. And it's uh, it's one of those deals where I wouldn't be talking to you guys because, you know, it all leads back to Bert. It yeah. really does because I didn't have, I didn't have social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I punched gals and broke horses and ranch rodeoed. And, you know, I had a, I, I got a lot of friends and a lot of people in the industry and a lot of people that aren't in the industry that I consider friends. But now it's multiplied times a hundred you know i mean it's it's in it's incredible the amount of people and who i get to meet because of bird calling me and asking me if he could come to work for me mm-hmm. you know and I, and, and I gave him a chance and we became friends and now we're like brothers and it's one of those deals where it, it really made me realize that you never know who that person is that you're shaking their hand and you're looking in their eye and saying hello and introducing yourself you never know who that person is or what they might influence in your life until you really dig down in. I mean, I, I get to go do stuff now that I never dreamed I'd get to go do because of that meeting bird and, you know, being him, him starting my Instagram page and him telling me, Hey, you gotta, you know, come over here and meet these guys and let's go up here and, you know, let's do this. And so he, he completely changed the trajectory of my life. You know I mean? I'd, 
I would probably still be over there running that ranch. And, mm-hmm. You know, with him, I, I was, I was able to kind of see a different path, you know, that, Hey, I can, I can do some stuff that I didn't know I could do, you know, or I didn't think I could do, or there's possibility if I decide I want to do something, I mean, hell go do it. You know? And I tell people all the time, I have a lot of people who ask me on Instagram or a few people ask me, you know, how do you get into it? How do you get into it? And I'm like, man, whatever it is, whatever you want to do, just dig down and go at it. You know I mean? Yeah, it sucks. It's just like anything. Mm-hmm. It sure sucks when you first start because it's hard. There ain't no doubt about it. It's hard. But if you really want something and you keep grinding and you keep putting the effort towards it, eventually that shit will start showing up and you'll start seeing results. And, you know, I mean, it's just like anything, it, whether it be playing basketball, football, being a cowboy, being in the military, whatever it may be, you know, being a computer geek. I mean, it sucks learning how to format and code and do all that stuff. But once you figure it out, it's, it's easy after that, you know, it's just doing it. Yeah. And yeah. so I tell a lot of people, man, if you want to do something, don't let anybody or anything hold you back. If you decide you want to be a cowboy, by God, go find the best cowboys you can find and hang out with them. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter what you what what it is or who it is. I mean, there those people in that area or that group that you want to be a part of, they want people to come in. They want to teach them. They want to show them. They want to be able to carry on that tradition or carry on that job or whatever it is, you know, and think that they help somebody to do that. And so it's like, just go find them. You know, I always say people too, you know I mean? You're the average of the five people you hang around the most. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And you know, I truly believe that you want to, you want to hang around, you know, you want to be a world champion just say calf roper, go hang out with the five best calf ropers, you know, you can find, if you want to be a, you know, the best computer guy, go hang out with the best computer guys. You know I mean? It is, it's just figuring out what you want to do and figuring out how to get into the deal and finding those people that'll help you do it. Yeah. I, I agree fully. And kind of what you were saying about how you don't never know what's going to happen when someone comes into your life. Uh, I think I was having this conversation with Kevin not too long ago because for such a long time, I always was that guy who said, I have enough friends. I don't need any more people in my life. I got it. I know enough people. And then when we started doing this, we're meeting people like yourself who are motivational. They make make you want to kick ass too. And you bet. and we've made some friends with people who've come in here and sit down and talked with us. And Heck yeah. I think it was maybe I didn't have enough friends. I just there's I'm accepting now to the fact I can have more friends if they're the right fucking people. If they're That's gonna, right. if they're gonna make me want to do better. Yeah. And a lot of the people we've been meeting it's like actually basically what you just said have that commonality of character development, right? But they're also people that, hey, you, if you want to be good at something, you have to eat shit for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people, no doubt. People that are not comfortable with eating shit for a while, okay, cool, have fun. But I'm honestly, like, I'm in a physics program. I'm in, I'm in school with a lot of these types of people who won't eat shit. They're, yeah. already, they're already naturally really smart. They're going right into classes from high school, getting their PhDs, and they're going to work in that specialty. They're not jack of all right. trades. When are they actually in their un, their out of their comfort zone and when are they going to learn how to do everything? Can you work on your own house? What if the plumbing fucking fails? You know, what if you got a plant? What if you have to fix your fence? They're essentially worthless, you know, and I'm not trying to take away from them because they're, (laughs) as some professors are extremely fucking smart PhDs, but they're useless. If anything else happens, you know, if, if if an EMP, if an EMP hits the city, what happens? Right. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I, I totally agree. You know I mean? It's a, it's one of those deals where you got to, I mean, 
you got to be willing to eat that shit. You got to be willing to bleed and sweat and, you know, cry and be miserable for whatever that, whatever that goal is. You got to be willing to go. You got to be willing to start at the bottom before you get to the top, you know? And I think uh, today with everything, you know, the convenience stores and technology and everything's at the touch of your finger. You, if you want to buy fucking bag of marshmallows you all you got to do is get on your phone and go to amazon and buy a bag of marshmallows you don't have to get in your car and drive down to the store and go through the store and pick them up you know i mean it's so easy nowadays and technologies is a part of that and it and it's good in many ways no doubt about it don't don't get me wrong i'm not cussing it but it's uh it's made people soft it's made people weak it's made people feel like they're entitled to something that they're not entitled to you mm-hmm. know and, and in that respect, and I'm kind of old school in that. I mean, I, I respect you as long as you respect me. But as soon as it's, as soon as that deal's gone, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm out. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm like I'm I'm over it. I, I I've eaten. You know, and that's how I, t- I tell my son he's going to be 15 in a couple of weeks. I'm like, you don't understand. Like when I left TXU Electric, I was making seventy thousand a year with full benefits and insurance, and I was a single guy. And I could work as much overtime as I wanted, you know. And when I left there, I didn't have I didn't have anything, you know. I mean, I had rented a place to live, and I would on Sunday afternoon I would make a crock pot full of what we call red beans, and I would buy a stack of those corn tortillas that are this tall from Dollar General <laughs> or the grocery store, wherever it may be. And that's what I ate for that week. You know, I mean, I ate bean and cheese fucking tacos, bean and cheese burritos <laughs> because I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just and I worked my ass off, and I mean, hell, I might do that for a month straight. You know, I mean, I might eat one time. I might get to go to McDonald's and eat a burger, but I ate fucking beans and tortillas because I didn't have any money. You know, I mean, yeah. but I was doing what I thought I wanted to do and mm-hmm. what I did want to do. You know, and that's that was the start of me getting back into the cowboy the ranch deal you know i mean and there's there's times you got to go without if you want to be what you want to be you know i mean you got to be able to be willing to suffer i guess yeah yeah and going through that shit now you're where you are now with a success successful apparel business and being able to live live the life you want to live i mean you 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 travel travel (laughs) all over the country being a cowboy not many people get to do that and no that, doubt. And that's what and you want to do. They'll send me a message or they'll see, you know, I post something on Instagram. They're like, man, you're so lucky you get to live that lifestyle. <laughs> Must and be at nice. First, I'm like, yeah, I am pretty lucky. I am pretty lucky. And then I'm like, dude, I've been doing this shit for 25 years. Uh-huh. I'm 46, you know, and I quit TU when I was about 23. So 23 years. And uh, I've been doing this for 23 years. I suffered for fucking 18 of those years. <laughs> making, you know, shit wages and doing shit jobs so I could be where I'm at. And now I'm, I set myself up to be lucky mm-hmm. to get to do what I do today. Yeah, lucky. You know, that's, that's a good word for it, I guess. I get to do what I do today because I hadn't killed myself, I guess, other than that. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I set myself up to be where I could go to Arizona for three weeks and punch cows with, you know, on a big ranch out there. I can go, you know, down here and punch cows over here and go over here and rodeo and do that deal. I'm not, I mean, yeah, I guess, what do they say? The harder you work, the luckier you get. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm not lucky that I get to live that lifestyle. I work my ass off to set myself up to get to live the lifestyle I do now. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
And that's I think that's motivational for people to see whether no matter what world they're in, if they just see somebody and hear people talk about that they've had to go through shit to get to the good place, then that makes yeah. makes the people that are in that shit right now think, okay, okay, there is a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Yeah, and as long yeah. as yeah, as long as you have that idea, like you said before, if you don't feel like you're entitled to anything, then you're not leaning on anybody as a crutch. It's like, oh, this is on me. I have to fucking yeah. do it. And that was. I mean, shit, this goes back so long. I mean, 2,000 years ago, you know, in Rome, like, yeah, we, it was great because it was a republic, right? We have the republic and we have the ability to give people amenities, right? But what did it really yeah. do? And who, I, I'm probably wrong, Google it or something. I think it was Augustus. When he was running to be Caesar, he gave everyone like a stipend for bread for the week. And then when uh-huh. they were, and they became like, they were getting battles, I think with Gaul or something, those lines got cut off and they weren't getting a stipend of bread per week and people fucking rioted. And that shows you the human condition right there. You were never yep. really entitled to this shit. This was a political movement. And then when you lost it for a little while, you lost your shit because you forgot how to take care of yourself. Right. You know, like you're not entitled to shit. Make sure you learn how to do this on your own because it's not always going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know? You bet. I mean, no so, doubt. yeah, we got to learn, we got to learn from history and apparently we can't, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it, it's true. It's what's it, you know, it's that like that little old saying in the Bible, teach man to fish. Or give a man a fish, you know, it's the same deal, uh, you know, give a man a fish. He, he'll be, he'll be full for a day or two. You teach a man to fish, he'll, he'll be full for his lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's the same way you teach somebody how to make it do something, wh- whatever job that is. And I, and I don't care what it is. You teach somebody to do something, they can sustain their self and be, be free of want from anyone else, you know? Yeah. And that's me. I think I don't, I'm at that spot now where it's like, I don't, I don't need, I don't need an employer. You know, I need people that are around me that I can go do and see and be and do and all that, but I don't need somebody giving me a check every week. I I, want to be able to go make that on my own. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to do that for myself, not depend on somebody putting a check in my checking account every month. Yeah. That's, that's up to me. I mean, that's what I tell my son. I mean, it's up to you how you, live your life. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with having to be an employee of somebody. I'm not saying that by any means because we got to have that as well. You know what I mean? But I'm saying be willing to tend to yourself. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. where where are you off to next since you've been traveling? You were just in Arizona. Are you going anywhere? Anything coming up? No, I mean, like as of right now, I'm going to be around here for the next couple of weeks. Some rodeo season's kind of kicking off. The ranch rodeo season's kind of kicking off. We've got a ranch rodeo this weekend. And, uh, and then uh, so Friday and Saturday, I'll be at a ranch rodeo this weekend. And then Sunday is the Windy Round Invitational. And I'm entered in the, I got invited to rope in the double mug in there. So mm. I'll be around here for a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think <laughs> i just kind of like i say i got home late last night and drove 20 <laughs> hours from arizona back to the house and Ooh. so it's kind of i've got some stuff to do around here with my cows and i've got a few little guys that i help around here that we got to brand some calves around here so i'll be around the house for a minute um i gotta go to utah to a friend of mine's wedding and uh in june but I, i've got some stuff kind of on the on the schedule tentatively, I guess a couple of Brandons, maybe one in Utah, maybe, maybe go to Montana and help some guys and maybe back to Colorado and help a uh, ranch there. But as of right now, it's kind of, I'm kind of be around here. So it's, uh, it's good. I get antsy though, About I'll be around here about two weeks and I'm like, <laughs> I get to 
prancing around here like, all right, I got to go, I got to go see some new country. And that's, that's one thing that's been so fun to me is like getting to see, I always wanted to go to Arizona and work, you know, and those, those guys out there impressed me very much working in the terrain and the country that they work in and how big that country is. And, you know, Texas has some big ranches, no doubt about it. And uh, Texas has some really rough ranches and there's some damn good cowboys in Texas, but I don't know. It's just something about the Arizona cowboy, the Arizona cow puncher in that country, that terrain, those cows. And uh, I love being out there and, it, it's, it's, te- I, I, I think I test myself to see if I can, you know what I mean? I, okay. I punch cows in Texas. Now let's see if I can go punch cows in far West Texas and see if I can do it. And now it's just, you know, just keep reaching out there, testing myself, seeing if I can see if I can, you know, com- compete, if you would say it that way <laughs> with those guys, you know? And yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I kind of, I've always been that way. I always want to test myself and see if I'm, I'm the caliber of, whoever else is out there doing that deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's been fun slipping around and helping a few guys in different ranches and being around. And I actually got an invite off of Instagram the other day. I had an invite to come to Mexico and in old Mexico and help them on a big ranch oh, down there. Yeah. I got out to me, you know, and I'm like, he's like, would you come? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll come, you know, mm-hmm. set it up. Let's, let's figure it out. So, uh, you know, just stuff like that. It's been really cool to be able to get to go and do it hang out and test my cowboy skills, you know, I guess, and Mm -hmm. see if I fit in and if I can. Yeah. Well, it's cool. It gives you, gives you an excuse to travel and see some country and exactly. And get some work in while you're there. Yeah. We, that's kind of our plan with this thing is we're wanting to do some more traveling to sit down with people in person. And that's kind of a long-term goal with this. We've done a little bit. We traveled over to Utah. I actually was talking to Bert not too long ago and I, I told him, I was like, we need to make a trip over there to Sheridan. He said, well, get over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. That's a cool, that's a cool country up there. You know, I mean, it's, it, it really is. That's, that's a good, y'all, y'all need to go up there and hang out with Bird for a day or two yeah. days. Yeah. That'd be, I think it's like an 11 hour drive or something. I was looking it up and I've been talking with, uh, you know, John Moss from mountain primal meats. Yes, sir. I've been talking with him and I, same thing. I was like, I was like, all right, I need I need to come up there so you can cook me a steak. And he tells me I got a horse barn you can sleep in. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not too I'm not too proud to sleep in the horse barn. I guess as long as I get one of them yeah, steaks. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's me. Last night I got in my bedroom, my teepee are in the back of my pickup. I woke up this morning and it's raining. And I'm like, oh shit! I jumped up and out there and got him out of there because there ain't nothing worse than sleeping in a wet bedroom or a soggy ass teepee. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, right. people are like, what? You know that? Like, I guess I should clarify. It's not like a Native American TP. It's like a cowboy range TP. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah, made yeah. out of and stuff. But you know, it's just like that. Most people, I'm 46 years old. You know, I mean, most guys be like, the hell with that. I'm not sleeping in a TP in a bed row for two weeks at a time. You know, or three <laughs> weeks at a time, or a month, whatever it is. But again, it's just I don't know. I feel like it tests you. You know, mm-hmm. sees if you will. You know, wake up and put your boots on in the morning and go a few days without a shower, and, you know, without a really nice bed to lay in air conditioner, or a heater, you know, I mean, it, it kind of tests you. And, 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 it, and it's one of those deals. I think everybody should test herself, see how far they can go, see how far they can push yourself. It just makes you better. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it keeps you more alert, keeps you young, keeps you, you know, like you said, if you're going out and working with other top of the line, you know, cowboys, it's keeping you fresh. It's keeping you from getting complacent and falling behind. Exactly. Like, you, you know, you yeah. test yourself like, all right, I still got my shit together. I could easily Maybe. be at this caliber for another 15 years, you know? 
Exactly. No doubt. No doubt for sure. So where can people find you, Bison Union, all that good stuff? So, of course, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Buster Frierson. It's kind of you can search Buster Frierson or Google it or whatever, and it'll probably pop up. Bison Union is the same. You got uh, Bison Union Company. You got Bison Union Coffee. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, you know, we have a web, we have a website as well, you know, Boston Union Company and, uh, there we're in Sheridan. We got a coffee shop that's open in Sheridan with a merchandise and you can go in and buy t-shirts and caps and buy a cup of coffee that's fresh roasted right there. We roast all our coffee in Sheridan in the back of the coffee shop, right on main, right across from, uh, King Ropes. I mean, you walk out King Ropes and you walk right across the street into the Boston Union coffee shop. Uh, right down the corner from the mint bar we're about a block and a half kind of i guess north of the mint bar um we have another store we just opened candace opened it in bernie texas so we kind of got a texas shop now and uh, i'll be headed down there probably in a couple weeks and kind of hang out there for a weekend and you know i mean that's kind of kind of where we are right now and uh you know, if you want to f- want to find me or hit me up on Instagram, it's just it's simple. It's Buster Frierson Instagram. You know, I don't even to be honest with you, at Buster Frierson, I guess. <laughs> Maybe one of the most cowboy names out there too, Buster Frierson. Like, <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound more cowboy than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a few out there. You got you know, I, there's an old guy here. He works for the Four Sixes. His name's Boots O'Neill. So you tell me. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's yeah, Boots O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, he, but. He's like 89 or 90 years old, and he still gets horseback every day. He still works full-time for the four sixes, and I'm talking about a cowboy now. I mean, an old-school cowboy. That's, yeah. And I hope that's me one day. You know, those guys are my heroes. There's another guy, Bill Elliott. You know, I mean, he's an old cowboy. And, I, you know, he's he's not quite as old as Boots, and, but there there's some of them old guys around that I really, really I consider my heroes. And mm-hmm. I hope one day I – somebody's talking about me and said, man, you know, that old Buster Fraction, he's 89. He still gets horseback every day and goes to punch cows. Yeah. And, you know, if that's the case, that'll be great. And if not, you know, hopefully I'm dead and in the ground somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my grandpa, man, he, he was a cowboy and he did it pretty late in life. He, and then with the growth here in the area where we, it's been like that since the eighties, it's never stopped growing, but he sold all his yeah. land and stuff. And, that was one thing I got when he passed away was his saddle, which is way too small for me. He was a little tiny little guy, and I am not. I, ha- I actually ha- I have it. Yesterday, my son was sitting on it in the garage, and after he, he died, I took it to a leather maker and got it all re redone. But I-, I rode it once, but it, it was not comfortable. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we appreciate you coming on and doing this. We've been yeah. looking forward to it, so. Oh, shoot. I appreciate y'all reaching out and enjoyed it very much. Thank y'all. Yes, sir. Uh,